Hello and welcome back to a new episode of How Did We Get Here? A podcast in which we analyze different music genres and their impact on society and the music industry. All right, I know it has been a long break since I haven't recorded anything, but now we're back on track with one of the most exciting episodes of this podcast. Today we will get into this, I would say, transition between the 70s and the 80s, which was a short period of time that will always be remembered for its extravagance, glamour, and especially its uh, impact on sexuality and acceptance. We are, of course, here talking about disco. It's personally one of my favorite music genres since I was very little. I grew up with artists like Sylvester, Boney M, and Diana Ross, and I really can't wait to show you all of the songs I got ready for you today. And honestly, when I'll be playing the best disco hits ever today, uh, I really want you not to bother and stand up and dance your heart out wherever you are, in your living room, outside, or even, you know, in the recording studio, Slim Radio. <laughs> But well, uh, anyways, let's heat up and start this episode with Born to be Alive. Alright, let's now start with the main question. Where did disco come from? I would say it's a pretty complex question since disco has a lot of roots and influences. I would say that, of course, the most obvious was from soul and funk music. In the mid-70s, the underground club culture was growing in the US and for the first time, music was managed by DJs who would play singles from different artists rather than having bands that performed live. And these, de de these DJs <laughs> sorry, would also speed up the music and add some extra beats to it to make it more, I would say, danceable. And this is how uh, funk songs became more, I would say... Had more, had more movement to them. And a good example of that would be 137 Disco Heaven by Amy Stewart. Right, and another great song, I would say, that uh, is a great example of the beginning of disco era would be uh, That's the Way I Like It by Casey and the Sunshine Band.
Um, disco movement uh, was mainly evolving in the black American cultures, and especially the queer community. This was also the time when camp, as a fashion term, was born. Camp was about not taking anything seriously, making it bigger, more ridiculous, and just releasing your inner self. And even though this term was mainly applied to fashion, I'd say that disco is a perfect illustration of this movement. And in this context, I would say that the main figure, main representant of this part of disco was Sylvester. He was one of the very few artists at the time to be fully open about his homosexuality and would perform in full drag gowns and represent the small and hidden queer community at the time. Of course, and, and of course, it was shocking. No one was expecting Sylvester to rise, and eventually, this is why in the beginning, uh, disco music was sort of shadow banned from radio stations. But regarding this, Sylvester gained visibility and is nowadays, I would say, an icon of disco music. And as another big classic by Sylvester, let's play his most famous song called You Make Me Feel. Another band that at the time was shockingly open about their sexuality was the Village People. What I really love about them is that they would sort of celebrate and at the same time make fun of very masculine institutions, such as the police, the navy, and etc. Even YMCA, their most famous song and maybe even one of the most recognizable songs in the world, is about that. YMCA is an acronym for the Young Men Christian Association that were like fitness clubs at the time and were everywhere in the United States at the time. And even, it's the same for their biggest, uh, second biggest hit called uh, Macho Men, which is a mockery of the cliché masculinity at the time. But since we already know very well these two songs, let's play Go West by The Village People.
As I said before, disco has many origins, and this is why we will right now transfer all the way to Europe, where disco also has very important roots. The word disco itself actually comes from the French word uh, discothèque, which uh, were during the 50s, 60s and 70s dance halls where you, people would just go to relax and dance. Uh, in the mid-70s, uh, Europe's dance floors were actually drastically shaken and shocked by uh, what we now call Euro disco. Here, the main players of this movement were actually producers and not just performers and singers. They would create entirely disco conceptualized albums with a more, I would say, electronic and experimental sound if we compare it to the American disco. Uh, there are a lot of big figures in Eurodisco, and I suggest we go through them country by country. And let's start with Germany. To me, personally, uh, the most shocking revelation while I was writing this podcast was that Boney M were German. <laughs> we all know them for classics like Rasputin, Daddy Cool, Sunny, Gotta Go Home... Bahama Mama, and really, I can make this list forever. Uh, but nevertheless, Boney M were amazing performers, but most of the work was actually done by their producer, who was also the creator of the band and the singer of the band. <laughs> His name was Frank Farian. Uh, actually, another fun fact was that uh, Boney M, uh, and in their band, the person we actually thought was the singer, was just... A performer. So the man that you see on album covers, the videos, the concerts, was just a lip syncer. And the man behind who was singing was always Frank Farian. And actually, it's pretty fun. Google his picture on Google and just see and just imagine Rasputin, but with him singing. It's just not the same anymore. But all right, let's now listen to uh, a song by Bonnie M from the album Oceans of Fantasy called Let It All Be Music. And now let's listen from the same album, the very famous song called Gotta Go Home. that most of you already noticed that in this song there is a very very famous sample that we used for the song the EDM song Barbara Streisand but all right moving on to Italy um, Italian disco bands may not be very famous internationally but were a big huge hit in USSR as my family grew up in the Soviet Union they explained to me that Western music was banned and considered as illegal at the time but somehow some Italian tapes and vinyls of disco groups got through the border and became a huge sensation in the Soviet Union. 
And this is why now bands like Arabesque, which are not really famous, are a big classic in the US, uh, were a big classic in USSR. This was uh, In the Heat of the Disco Night by Arabesque. All right, now to Sweden. I think we already know which band will be representing Sweden in this episode. And of course, it is ABBA. What I really love about ABBA is uh, that they got worldwide famous in just a second by winning the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974. That day, they performed Waterloo and had really no clue of how they fa their fame will escalate. They quickly became the most selling group of all times, which in a way troubled their relationships within the band. I would actually say it was sort of a Fleetwood Mac situation where band members were also married to each other, which meant that it was sometimes hard to separate the relationship from work. And this is probably why they performed all together for the last time only in 1918. But nevertheless, in their honor, let's listen to Voulez-vous. Alright, and as a last Eurodisco song, and just to close our European tour, uh, let's listen to a Spanish band uh, called Bacara with their main song, Yes Sir, I Can Boogie. You try me once, you make for Going back to the US, I think one of the first things that really made disco a whole phenomenon was the movie Saturday Night Fever that was released in 1977. Uh, with an amazing soundtrack directed and composed by the Bee Gees, it is a very historical movie that shows the disco scene at its underground times and for the first time brings it to the big screen.
this was the song Night Fever, uh, I would say the main song from the soundtrack. But to show you another song, let's uh, play to More Than a Woman, also from the soundtrack. However, uh, this movie also received a lot of criticism that I actually totally agree with. Uh, even though it gave the spotlight, spotlight to the whole disco culture, it entirely excluded the representation of the black American culture, who actually were one of the creators of disco. And I think that because of this lack of diversity, not only in the cast, but especially in the soundtrack, the movie did not transfer the whole feeling of disco, We don't really feel its craziness, the camp, and the extravagance that I previously mentioned. Um, moving already close to the 80s, disco now is thriving. Clubs are opening everywhere, and it becomes a whole movement. For me, the peak of disco was during the glory years of Studio 54, probably the most famous and historical club in the world, located on Broadway in Manhattan. Uh, even though uh, Studio 54 was only open for less than three years, it became famous for its music, openness, craziness that was going on inside. It was also one of the most exclusive clubs uh, where all of the celebrities would party. You would see there often Andy Warhol, David Bowie, Mick and Bianca Jagger, Donna Summer, Cher, and etc. etc. Uh, celebrities really love this place for its anonymity and not being followed by fans and paparazzis when they just go crazy. And you know, in the courtesy of Studio 54, let's listen to some disco classics. Uh, and actually, I would say the ones that you would for sure hear on a night out at Studio Alright, this was I Can't Stand the Rain by Eruption. And now let's listen to another classic by the queen of disco music, Diana Ross. This is Love Hangover.
But sadly, disco music has had also its downfalls. And of course, not everybody liked disco. On June 12, 1979, a whole movement called Disco Sucks is organized in Chicago, where on a baseball stadium, hundreds of disco records are demolished and burned. Of course, this whole movement was not only about the music, but more about the racist and homophobic implications behind it. I actually read an article about this whole Disco Sucks movie uh, movement, and they were saying that the people that would go to such events were similar to the people who would vote to tr- for Trump uh, in the past elections, basically. But however, even though Disco Sucks movement was violent and really... I would say did not have a great message for disco. It was not really the factor that made uh, disco fade away in general. A bigger problem was on its way in the beginning of the 80s, and it was the AIDS epidemic uh, that especially hit hard uh, on the gay community at the time. Uh, the song that I'm about to play is called uh, Don't Leave Me This Way by Thelma Houston, and I would say it was one of the main messages of hope at the time. In her lyrics, Thelma Houston is saying, don't leave me this way, I can't survive without your love, which was referring to all of the people dying alone of the AIDS epidemic and being just given up by their families, their friends and everybody. Uh, And now, yes, let's listen to this song, Don't Leave Me This Way. But nevertheless, disco never died. It is still an iconic music genre, and also, I would say, yes, the father of new genres, such as electronic dance music or house. I still think that no other music genres can give the sense of freedom and acceptance than disco. It is a movement of joy and union. But moving on, in the next episode of How Did We Get Here, we will now entirely deep into the real underground and (laughs) alternative music of the 80s. And of course, I'm talking about New Wave. And to start, let's listen to Blue Monday by New Order. Alright, thank you very much for staying until the end. This was uh, How Did We Get Here? Episode 6, Disco Fever. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time.